You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. Yes, indeed, the matchmaking hats are back. But I have to say, I'm always excited to do this show following an event. Always, always fired up and pumped. This one being UFC Vegas 62 matchmaking for this card. But I, got, I, I can't lie to you. I can't lie to America, as my co-host likes to say. I am ready to take this hat off of my head and put it on the rack as quickly as possible. Because as soon as I do that... In this crazy, chaotic mind of mine, it will be a officially UFC 280 fight week. The card we have been waiting for for months is finally upon us, but patience is a virtue, and as excited as I am and as we are, all of us as an MMA community, we must give UFC Vegas 62 its proper respect, its proper due, and then we can put the hat back on the rack, and it's all signs, all roads pointing to Abu Dhabi and UFC 280. I am Mike Heck, and joining me and doing just that, giving UFC Vegas 62 the proper respect, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the prince of positivity, the best friend to us all, the birthday boy himself, the dancing machine at your wedding, Alexander K. Lee. Hello, AK. Yes, my best friend. What an introduction. Uh, and yes, we have to put a bow on this because, yes, we we are finished our pre all this lead... Uh, the last two cards have really just kind of felt like biding our time. You know, respect to all the fighters. There's certainly some entertaining moments. Uh, certainly moments with contender implications, rankings implications. And by the way, everyone, just a reminder, the next edition of our rankings will come out after UFC 280. Uh, for those of you who had gotten used to sort of a monthly uh, a monthly schedule, that worked fine. But we, th- we realized, you know, we changed the schedule recently so that we can sort more quickly react to sort of the big changes that happen and they happen on UFC pay-per-views let's be honest so uh certainly after 280 next week we expect a lot of movement or or the big news could be that the the movement the the rankings aren't shaking up that much that would also be news but uh we will see we'll find out so people wait for that next week and i could it makes me even more excited for UFC 280 Mike, as you said let us not even though i was uh i did miss saturday's card i was in a in a at a wedding in uh glamorous and exotic paris ontario and <laughs> i am <laughs> so i did not have a chance to see the card i i, I, I traveled back uh, i made the long travel back uh on saturday night from paris ontario and i was very tired i just fell asleep but i i did have time to make picks uh seems like pretty logical to me so guys i saw i saw highlights i read recaps i apologize that i don't have in-depth analysis of anything that happened on the card but you guys know me i, I do pay attention to trends and things like that and and uh, certainly potential matchups so uh mike are we just let, let's let's roll yes i agree let's start with the main event let's start with alexa grasso who is in a very interesting position right now because she might currently be in the driver's seat for the next title shot after this win over Viviani Araujo. Unfortunately, she's driving the car that Steve Urkel drove in Family Matters, the Volkswagen Isetta, because while she's in the driver's seat, she cannot be comfortable driving this car. It's got to be just the knees up against the chest, just 
elbows tucked against the ribs. She's there right now. She's driving the vehicle. She's got the title nice and clean. And who knows? Maybe card placement helps her in this conversation with having her name and her face on the marquee with this fight with Viviani Arujo because the other fight that's really in the mix here is the Man in Fioro, Caitlin Jukagian fight next week at UFC 280. That's a biggie, no doubt about it. But because of the card that it's on, the spot that it's in, and the four fights that will follow the Fioro Chukagian fight, who knows how highly regarded that Fioro Chukagian fight might be? At the time, we might be like, if Manon wins or Chukagian wins, we'll have a debate. But just looking at the next four matchups, by the time the card's over, we might just completely forget about that fight. So, having said that, is Alexa Grasso's spot in the driver's seat? Does it currently give you confidence that she has done enough? Or is there another matchup that sticks out to you? I mean, it doesn't sound like she's confident that she's done enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I do appreciate her maturity and, and, and saying at the post-fight press conference, look, I, uh, I I would welcome a fight with Valentina Shevchenko. Obviously, they send a title fight my way. I'm all in. Um, that's a great attitude to have for any fighter. But she also was like, ideally... Give me another top-ranked opponent. Give me a main, uh, another main event slot. Uh, let me get that experience. And I think for her exposure as well, I think like she's she's a well-liked fighter, but I wouldn't say that Grasso is like super popular, uh, super well-known fighter. It's not like it's not like she's crossed over to the mainstream. She's well-liked. I think you ask most MMA fans, they'll tell you, yeah, I like Alexa Grasso. She's she puts on entertaining fights. She's a legitimate contender, and she's in her prime now. I think she's she's 29. I keep thinking of her again as that sort of 23, 24 year old. Uh, that came out of Invicta as this like super hot prospect and obviously had some struggles with making 115 and some of the top competition at 115. But I think she's moved to flyweight, uh, It's which is such a smart thing for her to do. Don't worry about the weight cut. Maybe sometime in the future, who knows, maybe maybe she can cha- change her change changes her diet, body type, regimen, everything, and can move down to 115. But 125 is where she belongs. Good to see her picking up Ws against very tough, legitimate competition. Vivi Arujo, one of the toughest outs. Uh, at 125, she proved that again on Saturday. Um, it's it's kind of crazy because I think, like I I would love to see Grasso fight Shevchenko, but Shevchenko has like this kind of weird set of options in front of her. Like we said, there's Grasso, obviously UFC 280, uh, Firo and Chukagian winner. Um, the UFC probably not super eager to book a Chukagian Shevchenko rematch, um, just because of how lopsided the first fight was. But every Shevchenko title fight is lopsided. Uh, Lauren Murphy's out there looking for a rematch. And then, uh, of course, Tala Santos, who's dealing with surgery from uh, from their first fight. We don't know when she'll be back, but in a perfect world, she would have gotten her immediate rematch. So it's kind of cool that Shevchenko has options, even if none of them are like. And you're super... missing you're missing one big one. Who not? Who am I? Uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes. Yeah, that's oh, another I mean, option. I, I just mean a flyweight. I mean that Amanda Nunes fight. I still think it'll happen someday. It just feels like neither of them have ever – there's always these stops and starts where they say they're kind of interested in it and then they're kind of not. And, and I'm the same way. Like I definitely want to see them fight a third time. But there's moments like this where I feel like Shevchenko has all these options. So, um, yeah, I, I wish the Tyler Santos fight could happen, but it's just it's just not there uh, at the moment because Tyler Santos has to, has to recover. So hopefully she does get that rematch. But for now, I'll go with Murphy. I'm leaning towards Lauren Murphy for Alexa Grasso. Um it's the right test. It's the right test for Alexa Grasso. And I don't think Lauren Murphy is is like that, that far away from a rematch. I thought the first fight was 
again, Shevchenko, whatever, she's the best. She's she's going to dominate most fights. But I really do believe that Murphy is like a gritty challenge, someone who Shevchenko wouldn't want to fight twice. I think a second fight would be even closer. I think I think Murphy would do really well in the second fight. Can she beat Shevchenko? I don't know. I don't pick Shevchenko to lose to anyone. But I think uh, Lauren Murphy has good a chance of pulling off like a wild upset as anyone. And again, Alexa Grasso, listen, she picks up a convincing win against lucky, uh, lucky Lauren Murphy. Then she's really ready. I think then you really cannot deny her that title shot. And um, I think she'd also be a, a good challenge for Shevchenko. So Grasso, Murphy, let's, let's make it happen. So I have questions here. Mm-hmm. And we might have a friends forever moment here, but I'm not okay. sure. I, I'm not sure how I land because the more I think about it, the more I recap her post-fight comments, the more I feel like she is in this driver's seat as like a a driver who has her permit. Like her parent is sitting next to her, teaching her how to drive, but eventually, but she's not, it's not her car right this second. So I think the like best case scenario for the Alexa Grasso fights for the title hopefuls is that she is going to have to really hope that Caitlin Chukagian wins a, an extremely boring controversial decision but even then i still don't think it's going to be enough so of all the questions i have the biggest question i have is what is going on with jessica andrage is she going to 115 is she gonna fight at 125 because like shevchenko andrage has lots of options too and she's a win away from fighting for a title in either division so what is her deal now if she's got to fight at 125 this is really bad news for Alexa Grasso. And I'm not saying it because, oh, now she's got to fight Jessica Andrade. I'm saying it because if Andrade is fighting at 125, then Andrade will fight Lauren Murphy. That's the fight that the UFC will probably make. And if not, Grasso fights Lauren Murphy. So I'm torn here. I'm torn with what I want to do. It's all about Andrade to me. So you know what? For the sake of the show and the sake for, for musical accompaniment... I will act as if Andrade will be fighting Yan Zhaonan next. So give me Grasso versus Lauren Murphy. If Grasso wins, she gets a title shot. And give me friends forever. Yes. That's a fight. That's a fight. Nail it again, just like we did every time. Yep. So Grasso has a lot of hope in, in into the hands of people outside of her control. Jessica Andrade being one and Caitlin Jukagan being incredibly boring is something that's probably at the top of her to-do list right now. But let's move it's ahead. Good division. Yeah. It's good division. It is. I, I, we, I, I think we've been saying this for like a year. I feel like we say this for over a year now, but I still feel like people don't, just because Shevchenko's at the top and is so dominant, I still feel like people don't give this its due. But like if you just look at, people look at like the top 15, top, it's not a deep division. Neither the women's flyweight nor the men's flyweight division is like super deep, but it is. Re- they're all just really competitive. Like there's a lot of good fighters in there. And if you look at like the top 15 at flyweight, there's just a lot of one intriguing matchups. People who could contend, who are are really like in line to contend within a year, within 18 months. It's a good division. I, I, and there's still some veterans hanging around who like put on entertaining fights and are good challenges for those up and comers. It's a good division. So uh, hopefully we see a lot of movement there in 2023. And like I'd love to see like three Shevchenko title defenses, but I don't know. We'll see. If I'm buying stock in, a, in any UFC division right now, I'm probably buying it in the women's flyweight division. It's good. Yeah. Because of the up-and-comers that are, good are, that are coming up as well. Speaking of up-and-comers, speaking on somebody making the come-up, Jonathan Martinez did that on Saturday. The silence behind the violence gets it done very impressively against Cub Swanson. And what made this so impressive is that Cub actually looked pretty damn good in this fight. This wasn't a complete run-over. This wasn't Cub overmatched. This wasn't Cub just... 
exhausted and wrecked from a weight cut to 135. It wasn't that at all. Cub had his moments. He actually, his the game plan that I figured he might have worked. He got Jonathan to jump into some close, brawling-like exchanges. I thought that was going to work out great for Cub, but Martinez was ready for all of that. Mark Montoya was ready for all of that. Martinez brings the A-plus game to the table. He looked fantastic. Gets the rare leg kick finish, and I'm going to throw a name out. And I think this fight will answer a lot of questions about both, about both of these guys. And I know the UFC is very high on this individual. And this one, in my mind, makes a lot of sense right this moment. So let's do Jonathan Martinez versus Adrian Yanez by the end of the year. Look, I, I, I love the Dominic Cruz call out. Shoot for the stars. He's just not going to get it. I just don't see a world where Dominic Cruz is like, oh, let me fight that dude. Because the risk reward factor is just not there in Cruz's favor. But maybe if he beats Adrian Yanez, maybe if Mr. Silence Behind the Violence beats Adrian Yanez and stops that hype train, maybe Dominic Cruz will find himself interested. So that's what I like. What say you? Uh, yeah, I don't know. God, I can't imagine Cruz ever being interested in that one. I don't know. Just, <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. No, I mean, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe Martinez just needs needs to build his resume. Maybe a win over Yanez is what gets him on Cruz's radar. But for some reason, I just see Cruz... I don't know how many fights he has left. Again, he could fight for another year. He could fight for another three or four years. We don't know. Um, again, he's, he always has that option to transition to commentary. Um, so, yeah, but but the, the call-out, I love when people call out a big name, so I, I don't think Martina should apologize at all. But, yeah, that's not happening next. Yanez is more likely. Um, I went with another veteran. I just kind of cheated. Like people, I told people, I did not get a chance to watch uh, much of Saturday's cards. So I'm throwing him in there with Essen Sao. I'm killing two birds with one stone. Um Rafael Sansal picking up a very nice win over Victor Henry. I had picked Henry to to beat him. Uh, again, dis- you know, I'm disrespecting a veteran. I'm like, oh, he's lost all these fights. He can't hang with the Victor Henrys of the world now. Well, he won a unanimous decision, so uh, I, I can't uh, I can't say anything to the guy now. Um, yeah, and I think I think Martinez. I like the idea of him chasing veterans again. Cruz just might not be the one he gets right now. I'd love to see how he does with Sansal. I think Martinez has really great technical skills for his age, uses his size well, his speed well, seems to have gotten the weight cut figured out. That's probably one of the most important things we, we were uh, we were concerned with. So if that is his lot in life for now, uh, to go up the rankings by fighting veterans, it might be us and Sal instead of the Cruz fight that he that he wants. And uh, I, and I'll say this now, again, after after us and Sal beat Henry, now I'm not so sure that us uh, and Sal would just be some walkover for, for uh, Martinez, but um, I'd like to find out. You you never call him by his nickname Dragon, right? You don't sound enchanted by Dragon. I mean, he's just I, I don't know. He's not like dragons. I think of like loud and spitting fire. And right. Jonathan yeah, does true. like what is the opposite of a dragon? Can can we call him TSBTV? Uh, can I just like abbreviate what you call him? Is that too? Was that too confused? It rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. Okay. We'll figure it out. Like, listen, t- TCBY was uh was a very big thing. It was TCBY, right? The yogurt place that no longer exists. I don't think we have that in Canada. Oh, okay. Never mind that. <laughs> Never mind that. What does TC think? What does that sound for? The Y is for yogurt, I assume. I don't know. The Y is for yogurt, but I oh, just remember it. Speak- it means something. But see, that's that's the beauty of the shortening of the nickname is that nobody knows what TCBY right. means. TSBTV. I mean, it sounds, I like that it has TV at the end. It sounds like tune in. John Martinez, next fight, you got to tune in to TSBTV. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the sounds behind that's the violence. A, so. That's we'll great. See, we're, we're, we're workshopping it. We're That's workshopping pretty good. It. That's pretty good. I like it. I like it. At first, I was like, huh? And then the more you say it, 
and you add the, the tune in element to it. Ooh, yeah, I yeah. like it. Jonathan, we gave you some fire here. Okay. I know you got some, some stuff up. going on at the gym factory. X. you guys got videographers and stuff. Let's go, dude. Get it going. Let's let's get that over. I think you got oh, something the here. YouTube he should get a start a YouTube channel, TSB TV. Yeah, TSB TV, baby. Hat tip my cack. Hat tip to my cack. I, see, I'm making you. I'm making you money, man. I'm sure you'll get some sponsors as well. Let's move to the to the middleweight division. Dusko Todorovic survived an early Jordan Wright onslaught to pick up a big win, big finish in the second round. Look, as far as technical wizardry goes, not much to speak of here. But if you're a fan of Two dudes just getting after it and scrapping. This one delivered in spades. Fight of the night. Bonus money. Todorovic gets it done. There's no real overthinking here, AK, honestly. So just take that dart and chuck it. What did you land on? Yeah, first of all, this, this was a great fight to put on the main card. When I was doing our predictions, I'm like, why did they put this on? I'm like, all right, because both these guys, they just finish fights. They finish fights. They get finished. It's what they do. They're, they're, they're just precocious middleweights who like yeah they just want to go in there and get bonus money man and sometimes it works out for them uh sometimes it doesn't so uh good for dusko for being the i had picked him to win and good for him for being the uh on the on the the the, the positive side of the uh the ledger this time uh i think i did have a oh yeah yeah for just again look if he's one of those guys if he fights his way into contendership sometime and fights his way to a ranked opponent good for him great you know we'll watch but right now you just want to give him fun matchups so yes spun the wheel made the deal uh, I think I landed on Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Ooh, that's Excuse fun. Excuse me, sorry, my my voice went out there. Yeah, yeah, I, just just another guy who I I you know he's had a couple of fights that are like maybe disappointing action wise, but generally when Abdul Razak Al Hassan goes out there, someone's probably getting knocked out or finished in some way. So I'd love to see Dusko just uh, just go after him. And who knows? Maybe Dusko uh, is serious about being a contender, and we see the more tactical side of him instead. But I hope not. I would just like to see him. Uh, don't worry about, well, where is he ranked? Top 30, top 20, top whatever. Just give him exciting fights. Give him another uh, fight night main card. Let's see if he builds up a reputation as an action fighter because he's not doing a bad job. He's had some nice finishes and, again, also been been finished himself. So uh, uh, al is my pick for Dushko. I am going to Canada for this one. Ooh. Going to Canada. I'm going to Marc-Andre Berriol, a man who Ooh. also finished Jordan Wright. So the storyline is there. <laughs> Let's just, I mean, just let these dudes hammer it out. We'll have some yeah. fun in there. I think it will deliver. I don't think you can really go wrong with this one. I, I saw some suggestions that were just like, why would you do this? But uh, we don't need to talk about that on the show. Maybe, this is a maybe, positive maybe program. The, maybe in Canada next year, UFC. Oh, back. there we'll you see. go. I know our, our, our vaccine restrictions have been uh, lightened a bit. Again, I don't know exactly if they're allowing uh, entertainment acts like the UFC back in. Uh, without, you know, a certain uh, vaccination level. But it's I, know, I do know, obviously, there are plans to... Uh, to have the UFC back in Canada sooner rather than later. So fingers crossed 2023, and I'd love to be there in person to watch Dushko Todorovic and, and Marc-Andre Barriol. You already threw out your suggestion for yes. one Rafael Sunsau. So let me just start off by saying this. This is, and very rarely, AK, you know, you follow me on Twitter. I don't necessarily play the, hey, you should have watched our show because if you did, this could have happened game. I don't do that. I know there's a lot of people out there who do do that. But I'm not that guy. But in this situation, I felt the old pat on the back was warranted because we we tried to tell you, you betting enthusiasts, that the betting line between Victor Henry and Rafael Sunso was not only off, it was way off, way off, absurdly off. Was it like almost three to one? No. Was it? Almost- Min- Henry closes a minus 410. 
Minus 410. Oh, when I thought it was like minus 310. Minus 410. So, so much money came out. Wow, that much money yeah. came out of Henry. Wow. So, and we try to tell you, Henry was a, is a good fighter. Like a very good fighter. And at Bantamweight, a very good fighter is like the 35th best Bantamweight. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I had questions. I had lots of questions about Victor Henry. One of them was, is, he, is Victor Henry a top 15 Bantamweight in the world? Which is, I mean, that's elite level Bantamweight. And was he getting way too much respect from a betting perspective? I knew he was getting way too much respect from a betting perspective, but I wasn't sure about the other thing. And then Rafael Sunsau, at the young age of 40, years young, turns back the clock, and not only did he prove that theory correct, he went out there and swept the cards against Victor Henry, and he cashed that pretty little plus 550 prop for those who took a very brilliant shot at that. A Sunsau by decision, baby. That's what I said. If you're betting on this fight in any way, that's the only bet to make because betting on a sunset plus three something or whatever it was, I mean, cool, you get plus money, but if the only way a sunset was going to win that fight was winning by decision, so you might as well get that extra juice. And those who tailed, excellent job. And I, by the way, in our official picks, I did pick Victor Henry to win, <laughs> but from a betting perspective, betting on Victor is stupid and it made absolutely no sense. So, Sunsoft feels like he's still got a little bit more gas left in the tank. And I'll tell you what, we mentioned this name earlier. Didn't make sense for one dude, but it makes sense here. I actually think a fight with Dominic Cruz is perfect. Somehow, AK, after all of these years, all this time, decade plus, these two have never been paired up. Not once. Not even pay nothing. Not even an in-the-works targeted. Nothing that I could find. These two guys have not been mentioned in the same sentence before. But here we are. This makes sense. A Sunset coming off a great win. He might even be ranked come Tuesday. Who the hell knows? But let's just do the damn thing. Let's just throw these two dudes in there. Respect all over the place. I love it. I love it. This is the one. I wonder if that's even come up as an odd no suggestion. I mean, it's possible. We got, we got like 100 you know, like suggestions, but... I don't think it has. I don't think it has. We probably get a bunch now, but I don't. But I don't think it's ever come up. I can't. I was like, wow, how have these two guys like? And I looked on topology and all the pages. Not one time have these guys been mentioned together to fight. I I've certainly never thought about it. I will say I've uh, not not because there's anything wrong with it. I've just maybe I assumed that they had been matched up. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's a bit. That's a funny one. Um. Yeah, I'm not against. I'm not against that for sure. The, the, see, that to me makes more sense than John Martinez. The, we, we we keep saying we're not getting the Aldo fight ever now, obviously. And this is I'm not saying this is the Aldo fight. I'm saying these are the kind of fights that Dominic Cruz should be taking. Just such a classy fight. Two brilliant tactical fighters. Again, I would if we're talking props, that's definitely a. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, decision will probably be like minus two thousand or something. So. Uh, but I, I would really like to see that fight before both guys retire. You're right, though. 40 years young. I was one of the doubters, Mike. I was one of the doubters. I even wrote in my prediction, maybe I'm being disrespectful. And guess what? I guess I was being very, very disrespectful because uh, the man just keeps winning. I spoke with his coach, Eric Nixick, for, for a few minutes yesterday after, after the win. And Eric is like, if you only knew what this guy has gone through to get to this moment, you'd be blown away. So maybe that'd be a – hopefully our, our colleague – our partner in crime, Ariel Hawani, will have Rafael Sunso on the MAR this week, and we'll learn more about that road. But let's go to Alonzo Menafield, who just wrecked Misha Serkinov. This is the most easy pick probably on the entire card for us. I think almost all of us got perfects on our topology pages because 
Serkinov's just not long for this UFC world at this point. Manafield goes in there, big win. We got Hokey Pokey, Mark Smith, just not getting there fast enough, and the damage just was way worse than it, than it probably should have been. I know it's a positional thing. I'm not blaming Mark Smith too, too much, but there's probably a punch too that probably shouldn't have gone through, especially that last hammer fist. But Alonzo is just a, a very powerful dude. I think he felt really bad about the way that fight ended, and there was no call-out. So it was kind of it's kind of wide open season here, AK. So what is your what is your selection? Uh, first, I want to talk about this. I mentioned that fight, the Menafield Serkinov fight, as one of the fights I was looking forward to. Uh, Serkinov is a Canadian fighter. He is, I believe, still based out of Toronto. So you know, there's there's some there is some fondness and affection for Mr. Serkinov, and uh, as a Canadian fan, MMA fan, wanting to see him succeed. But it, the the middleweight run was just so uninspiring. Um, it felt like it, it was even when it happened. It felt like it was not the solution to his problems. Like he, he made the cut. Uh, I don't know if he had any issues with it, but he definitely looked. His body was hugely different at middleweight than it was at light heavyweight. So at least going back up to weight is a healthy thing. But what a nightmare matchup with Alonzo Menafield. I mean, a guy with knockout power, a guy with a speed advantage, a guy with re- pretty good takedown defense, uh, and that's pretty much. All that was like that's just all the kryptonite you need to to put a guy like Misha Serkinov away. So yeah, as we said, a pretty pretty predictable. So for Alonzo next, I think he's looked really good. It's a bit hard to gauge how good he is. Like we said, ideal matchup with Misha. Uh, he last time he beat up the international man of mystery uh, Mozarov, who, as far as we know, might not even be a real fighter. I'm not sure that fight happened. Um, so he's looked great. Back to back quick finishes. Let's give him a bit of a test next. I'm going to do some future predicting as well. I predict that Dominic Reyes will beat Ryan Spann at UFC 281 on November 12th, and that will be the fight for Menafield. Dom- Dominic Reyes? Wow. Dominic Reyes, yes. Uh, I'm also, well, because I think Menafield deserves a bump up. Uh, light heavyweight is not a deep division. Uh, people know that. So he's kind of flirting with a top. What do I have? He's flirting with a top 15 spot, actually, in my, in my rankings. I have him at 17. It's UFC only. He's 17 in my UFC only rankings, so he's just outside. Uh, and if we're gonna give him a bump up, there's a, there's a, probably a few ways you'd go with it. But I like I like Dominic Reyes if he beats Ryan Span. I would have said Span, but I, I'm I'm a little confused. Uh, Menafield still trains at Fortis, right? I just know Saeed Saeed was not with him on Saturday. I'm told he didn't train at Fortis at all this camp. Okay. He trained, but that doesn't mean he's with... not with them. He just didn't train with them at this head of this fight. I don't. It doesn't seem like he didn't shout out Fortis at all. Okay. In his post fight, he shouted out Pat Barry and Rose Namajunas. So he's okay. training with them. Pat Barry was that, the only person was the only one in his corner. If that fight were possible, then obviously I would also say that's the winner of the Reyes span fight in that case. But I'll but I will stick with my original and say Reyes comes back victorious, reminds us uh, why he almost beat John Jones, and and then we make the fight with Menafield. But I mean, Span would if beats uh, Reyes would probably make a lot of sense as well. Man, I kind of like this this Ryan Span idea. Either way, against Alonzo Minifield, let's build the yeah. storyline. Let's let's get him. Let's let's bait him. Let's get him baiting. Let's bait him so we can get stop, some headline traffic. Stop baiting. Stop, stop baiting. baiting. <laughs> I'm going with the step up, but not just for Benefield, but for this gentleman who he would be fighting. And we do it overseas. We do it on paper. We do it on a pay per view card. It's been a long time since UFC has been back to Perth, Western Australia. We do Alonzo Menafield versus Tyson Pedro. 
That's the fight to make. Oh, that's the one. My, let me see my rankings here. What do I got? Paid this here? might be the. Uh, this might be the Gerald Mearshart, Christoph Jotko, uh, light heavyweight fight. This might be for the light heavyweightiest <laughs> light heavyweight <laughs> fight. The number six, the coveted number sixteen spot. This might be the one to decide that. So yeah, let's do that. Step up, big crowd, lots of energy. Get Menafield out of the apex. I like this one. I'm sure Pat Barry has and Bros would have no problem going to Perth. That's a fun. That's a fun one. I like that a lot. Okay, that's, good things ahead for Alonzo Menafield. Again, I, I, he's he's fought who he's had to fight. Like you know, the, the, again, the Mozarov, whatever that guy was, and then uh, Misha Serkinov, who sadly might be on his way out of the UFC. Uh, he's taking care of business. You know, again, say what you want about his competition. He went up there. He finished him fast. We got we got to get him another gauge of how good Menafield is. So yeah, hopefully a step up against uh, yeah Pedro or Span or Dominic Reyes next. Well, let's head to the wild card round. We will select one fighter we have not match made for, and we will match make for them now. So it could have been someone who fell short. Could be Viviani Arujo. We have not match made for her yet. Could be someone from the prelims. The world is your oyster, my best friend. How are we doing this? It will not be Viviani Arujo. Uh, <laughs> uh, with respect, again, with respect to Vivi, I do wonder if she is sort of a, a gatekeeper of sorts. I know that sounds a bit harsh, um, but... That's kind of her lot. Listen, to get a UFC main event is even with as many cards are these days. Good for her. Great achievement. She's always she, her resume is pretty stacked. Like, I mean, she, she only fights top 15, top 10 people um, and that and she will continue to do so, I think, uh, in the UFC and picking up a couple wins here and there. But uh, I, I don't know if um, if she quite needs to have an, the ought no touch, as it were this week so i'll go with joe anderson brito the guy's just super exciting and i thought of a great matchup for him because uh the guy i'm about to name has had some performances that are like methodical uh, he's certainly a contender at 145 but he doesn't always doesn't always put on a show just by having the skills to do so but when you're aggressive with him uh this man goes for the kill we saw that recently with poor uh, poor don shanis uh trying to shock the world uh but sadiq yusuf Obviously, a little bit more seasoned experience, a better fighter, got the submission win. So I want to Sadiq to bounce off of that, fight Brito. I feel like this fight could happen soon. I think before we said we'd like to see Yusuf kind of step up for maybe one of these uh, featherweight situations that has fallen out. Some, some bad luck, by the way, the, at featherweight right now um, with some of these great matchups that have been made. But if that doesn't happen, uh, him and Brito, I, again, pretty quick work. Uh, let's ha- Let's have them. Let's just match them up before the end of the year. I think let's get that. Let's get these boys another paycheck for the end of the year, Mike. There's a lot of chaos in that division right now in terms of getting some of these fights put together, because I've been told things that were like a hundred percent accurate at the moment. And then like 10 minutes later, it changed. So I had, I had been told that the UFC wanted Ilya Taporia to fight another ranked featherweight in December, but now it looks like Ilya Taporia might be fighting Bryce Mitchell November 5th. By the way, we have not confirmed this just yet. I know they're on social media saying that it's happening, but to say that it's done and that to, to report that at this moment, it is Sunday at 1049 a.m. Eastern as we as I say this. Nothing to report. Nothing to report. Interest is there, apparently, but it's not done. Uh, but it's like a merry-go-round. It's just a it's just chaos with, with these guys. So anything is possible. Brito called out Danny Gay. Maybe they get that fight done. I don't know. I, I We'll see what happens. But I'm going with Tetsuro Taira, AK. I just think this guy is great. A lovely, lovely individual outside of the octagon. A killer inside of it. 
That dude's just real good. He's only 22. He's only going to get better. And I'm ready to test him. I am ready to test him. And since we couldn't get one, this one fight that I've been clamoring and pushing for for so long, we're going to add another name into this. So Tyson Nam, come on down. Tetsuro Taira versus Tyson Nam. Let's go. Let's see what you got, Tetsuro. Whoa. I'm ready. I'm ready. Give it to me. That's a test. I love it. I think that it's that is I, a test. Yeah, man. He's like what? He's Tyson is probably like the 19th best flyweight right now. 18th best. It's not too big of a step up. I mean, it's a step up for sure. It's definitely probably the most experienced dude he's ever fought, but it's winnable. He's just it's a winnable fight for both guys. I like it. I say this respectfully. He could be Tyra's dad. I say this. I love Tyson. I'm a fan of Tyson. Now. I've, I've, we've all we've all spoken to Tyson. Tyson's a great interview. Uh, super nice guy. Great, great. Just that kind of gutty veteran you love to have in your promotion, and you'd love to see him do well. Um, that would be great. He is so. You said uh, Tetsuro Tyra. Excuse me. 22 years old. Tyson Nam turns just turned 39. He's 16 years older than Tetsuro. When he was starting, let me see. When he had his first MMA fight, Tyson Nam, 2006. Tyra was six years old. <laughs> uh, but that's great. That's what's great about sports, right? We see that in every sport. So the generation's kind of getting to get into one leading into another, the passing of the torch. I had not even thought about that. I also want to say this about Tyra. He's he's kind of had the, be- I want to say the benefit, I think the benefit of flying under the radar almost because of Makayev. It's like Makayev, so I'm looking at when they had their fight. So Makayev debuted uh, March March 2022, so earlier this year in March, excuse me. Um, and then a couple months later, Tyra comes in with the win over Candelario. And there's some buzz there, but people were kind of still, e- even in this fast-moving world of MMA, I feel like people were still kind of talking about Makayev. We certainly were on our ranking shows a lot, talking about this guy's going to be a future champion, two-division champion. Um, and then his next fight, Makayev... Uh, oh, and, and now, and now, I'm sorry, Tyra fights Vergara, and we've got Makayev fighting next week. So when we're talking about the the flyweight, you know, up-and-coming guaranteed champion under-25 guy, it's Makayev. It's Makayev, Makayev, Makayev all the time. Meanwhile, Tyra putting on solid performances. Now, I'm not saying, by the way, none of this is me saying, oh, we should be talking about Tyra more. I'm saying this is a good thing. Uh, and there are reasons why Makayev is a more highly touted prospect in a ridiculous amount of amateur experience. You just kind of watch them fight. You kind of see the style, how conducive it is to becoming a UFC champion. And that's why Makayev gets like a big edge over Tyra. But again, this is a good thing. Tyra does not need to rush. Like I said, maybe we give him fights like Tyson Nam. You match him up with veterans who, who, who he can beat. You match him up with, again, later, again, eventually people closer to him in experience who can also beat. And who knows, by the end of 2023... Uh, maybe Makayev's has already fought for a title by then. I don't know. Uh, we'll see how 280 goes. And then uh, Tyra will be in good position end of 2023, 2024 to kind of be in that same conversation. So uh, I like I like where the flyweight division is. Like I said, not super deep, but man, you just look at any name from one to 20, and there's just tr- intriguing, really talented, super fun guys. And I'm I'm glad that uh, Tyra gets to keep showing up. Yeah, it's very rare that a fight falling out for whatever reason is of benefit to anybody, but I actually like agree with you because he was supposed to fight Candelario in April, but in, but Candelario had a, had a withdraw from the fight. So I think like the day before it, maybe cause he was sick. It wasn't a weight cutting thing, but it was like, I think the day of weigh-ins they pulled the fight or maybe the day of the fight. 
and it got pushed back two weeks. So like all this hype was around Tyra. He was doing a bunch of interviews. We had like literally posted our interview with Tatsura Tyra. And then we found out like 12 hours later, the fight wasn't happening anymore. So all the hype that he had generated, all the interviews he had done, it was almost like it didn't matter because the fight was no longer happening. So I think that two weeks sort of reprieve because of how quickly the cycle moves on. We're still excited. The hardcores are ready to see it, but it just wasn't getting the same buzz that it, it, it had. It would have had in April. And I love that matchmaking because Candelario is a friggin' dog and he doesn't get finished. He's super durable. And that's the exact fight that Tetsuro Tyra needed at that time. You bring him in there with Vergara, a killer be killed sort of dude. And, Tyra goes out, gets the finish. So, yeah, I think the UFC have done a, a great job matchmaking for him. And, yeah, I'm, after this Mahaya fight with Malcolm Gordon, who knows, probably a big step up for him. But as far as Tyra goes, I think Tyson Nam is, is, is fine. And I want to see how good this kid is. And if he loses to Tyson Nam, so friggin' what? He's 22. He'll bounce back. No big deal. No big deal. That's me set a trip for Tyson if he has to fight a twenty. That has to be again. I I I, I, I say this with respect. With 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 I respect uh, age and and vet, veteranness. I'm not I'm not saying being old is a bad thing because I I'm I'm old so I certainly can't say anything to anyone. Um, but it's me such a trip for him. I think if he gets that fight and steps into a cage with a with a guy who's sixteen years older than, man, this guy was, this guy was not born. Or sorry, was six years old when Tyson had his first fight. That's just wild but that's a that's that's sports hey maybe tyson will want to fight at 135 and then he'll have to fight raul rosas jr please oh that see now you're talking (laughs) 20 20 plus year age difference matchmakers come on let's make this happen all right do we have any extracurriculars anyone begging for no points I, I, I know it's been, we've had a gap between cards, but I did want to read, I, I, I think people will be interested in this. I did want to read, because I called out one of your, someone who sent picks in for you, Mike, I believe. I called out uh, Robbie Ryan. Uh, this is after the Mackenzie Dern card. And I can't remember who, who uh, Robbie Ryan picked for Mackenzie, but it's something like Mackenzie gets like this one win. Uh, who's a, who's a, who would she fight? What's uh, what's our rankings here? One thing. Like she fights... Um, I don't know, someone in the top five or someone in the top four and then like fights for the title. And I, I've, I've said I'm just not convinced um, that there is a path for Mackenzie Dern right now after that loss to Jan, like to fight for a title in 2023. I think she fights, I, I absolutely could see her fighting for a title someday. And in the right circumstances, winning a title. Like I, I have that much belief in her jiu-jitsu, but she has to do a major retooling. And after losing to Jan, like I'm like, I, I don't see how she can win. I'm uh, sorry, get a title fight in 2023. Robbie Ryan, not convinced. So I, t- I, I did ask him to send his math, and he did. So I said I would read this out. Uh, I'm going to read this entirely because I'm going to be light on my picks this week because I didn't really have time to sort through them. So Robbie Ryan says, In my assessment, Mackenzie has improved her striking in leaps and bounds since her UFC debut in 2018. Mike, we're already off to a bad start. We were already talking about how she needs to mix the martial arts less. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Better and more confident in each fight. Boxing defense needs further improvement from Saturday. Her kicks look better, but she has the right guy in her corner. She fought well uh, in an extremely close fight. Since her debut, she has fought an average of two and a half times a year. Okay, good, true. If she fights and wins within the first quarter of 2023, she has nine months to fight two more times. Robbie really did do his math here. Uh, a win over someone like Lupi or uh, the Dakota Hill winner should earn her a fight against Asparja Zhang Loser or Rose Andrade Jan rematch. This is where the math falls apart for me. I don't think a win over Lupi or uh, Emily Dakota or Angela Hill guarantees her Asparza Zhang, Rose Andrade or a rematch with Jan. 
No, right? I, I, think, I agree. You know, I think she might have to fight another sort of someone else outside the top five or or I mean, even even just someone in the top 15. So that that's where it falls apart, Robbie. Uh, and I'll just fin- finish this thought here. Uh, any of these fights could elevate her into a title fight. Even if her striking or wrestling isn't elite, there's always a very uh, highly likely chance that a clinch grapple will occur at some point in a fight. And that's all she needs. So, um, again, there was good math there. With the, I like I like the point. She is very active. That is good. Being active goes a long way. Just winning fights goes a long way. But, uh, again, Loopy, Dakota Hill, any of those fighters does not get her a top five fight. She'll have to fight again and again. Uh, I don't know if she's – and she has been active, but – I don't know if we can guarantee she is going to fight three times in 2023. So I can see her winning twice. And then by the end of 2023, we're having our Ken McKenzie Dern fight for a UFC title talk again. Um, and and it's fine. I, it, it's it's good to be in that conversation. Um, it's just one we kind of have to keep having with her um, with all her ups and downs. Right. And look, I know we know we all know how the UFC works. We know how their business model works. His math, like his point, his math is not incorrect overall, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't know if fighting Emily to Cody is, is the answer, but, you know, she fights an Amanda Lamosh or something like that. Good. Like, she's there. She's probably in the mix. There, it's a, it's a weird thing to say considering she just lost to this woman, but I feel like her path to the title right now is shorter than Jan Jonan's, if that makes any crazy logical sense at all. But the problem is, there's should you go for this path now, or should you try to become the best fighter that you can possibly be? And if the answer is B, then she shouldn't be fighting anybody for a year until she learns how to learn a simple takedown, which, and, and listen, I'm not a fighter, so no takedowns are simple for me. But for her, work on a takedown and work on punching people in the face when you're on top of them. If she learns how to do both of those things in any sizable way, she is she could be the champion of the world. She needs to learn how to do that because what she's doing now, she's not beating anybody in the top five. I mean, she could because that jujitsu is so dangerous, but people are figuring it out. Jan Jonan survived. Marina Rodriguez survived. Well, both are very... Are, are good with defensive jujitsu. They're not great at it. And now you, if you want to throw her in there with Rose or someone who's great at it, it's not going to go well for her. I like the way that she fights right now. I don't know who she beats. I, a lot of people thought Tisha Torres beat her and it's no disrespect to Tisha Torres. She's looked really good in her last several fights, but would I pick her against Verda Jandaroba in a rematch? I don't know. I don't know. Like I just need, if you're going to go for the title, just you got time. You got time. Take the time to get better at those things that you need to get better at. And then yeah. you're good. So is the path, could the path be shorter? Sure. Should it be? No. Because she's not going to beat any of these women the way she's fighting. She's I, I, not. Would, I, would, I would not pick her to beat Angela Hill right now. The, the, the Mackenzie Dern we saw against Jan, I, would not, I just don't think she could take her down. It's way and, more and, competitive than yeah. it would have been like a lot in a lot of people's eyes from like a year and a half, like yeah. a year and a half ago, a year and a half ago. If they line those two women up, Mackenzie Dern's like a minus 600 favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But not anymore. Not anymore. There's, there's a formula like there is a blueprint to how to beat this version of Mackenzie Dern right now. Jan played it to a T. Um, and, and we always say like the comparison and they're different in many ways. But we always say we always bring up like Damian Maya. Like we go like. He, he he wasn't like it not like he developed like a blast double it's not like he was like you know like slamming people to the mat he he found a way to maneuver and he's not the fastest guy either he is freakishly strong i will say Damian Maia is freakishly strong 
Uh, Mackenzie Dern maybe not quite that strength level, but she is also a plus athlete, so she has other attributes, physical attributes that would help her. So, um, but yeah, Damian Maya was like, get get a body lock on you, get you against the cage, trip you down, go to work. Um, I don't know what Mackenzie Dern's path to a takedown is. Smarter people than us, Mike, I'm sure can figure it out. And uh, hopefully she gets she gets coaches and 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 uh, wrestling coaches or jujitsu coaches, judo coaches. I don't know what it is um, that can help her round out that part of her game and get fights in the mat. And as you said, just kind of mix in a little GNP. You know, not doesn't have to always be going for arm bars and chokes. Like, learn soften up, do some damage on the mat, maybe win some decisions that way. Um, I know she's more of a finisher than a, than a, you know uh, someone who looks to outpoint people. So that's great. We love that. That's why she's a fan favorite. That's why the UFC likes her. But again, we're talking about becoming a champion. So one thing to be popular, we're talking about becoming a champion. I'd love it if she could take a year off. So um, Mackenzie Dern, if you can do that, great. But um, but yes, I think I think we have debunked. Uh, Robbie Ryan, thank you for the for uh, doing your math and sending in the message. But I do think Mike and I are in agreement that we've kind of debunked the the formula there. Uh, I think we said we found flaws in it. Yes. Want to throw out the disclaimer? Oh yes. Peeps. Oh, I don't have it written down as usual. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a little underprepared today. But yes, please. Uh, uh, we like to focus on if you if you were the only person to get a pick. I don't think that happened. I had a lot of people messaging me saying, "Oh, I picked this fight, this fight." So I'll touch upon those. I see them, but I'm pretty sure most of the matchups that were made recently were like a lot of people picked them consensus picks. And guys, try to pay attention. Just go to Topology. Go to Shardot. Go to MMAfighting.com, and just tr- Google. And try and avoid if, if people are already mad have a fight coming up. This isn't hard to find. If people have fought already recently and it sounds like you don't remember, we hate to see that. Uh, teammates is a little bit trickier. Like we said, uh, training camps can be so fluid. But sometimes it's pretty, p- people are pretty well-known teammates, best friends, etc. like Mike and I. And uh, don't match them up. Like Just stop doing that. Um, and, and other than that, please uh, don't send us doo-doo. Because we'll, 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 I mean, I used to say we don't read it. We, we, there's a very good possibility we will read it and shame you. <laughs> so people know doo doo picks. Um, go ahead, Mike. You know, I know everyone's looking forward to UFC 280. We only got like six. I only got like six people picking fights. This is an anomaly. Everyone's just like ready to, to move, move on and get ready to October 22nd. So, yeah. Chris London kicks off his, his fight picks with 280 week is finally here. So there you go. Grasso versus the Fioro Chuk winner. So just line them up. Arujo versus Murphy. J-Mart versus Yanez. Swanson versus Faber. Totorovic versus Joe Pfeiffer. I thought about that one. I don't mind that one at all. Wright versus... Joe Pfeiffer. Yeah. Hold on. Joe Pfeiffer. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought he had a matchup. No, no. I I, I had matched him up. I want to, I would like Dennis Tululin. But yeah, Pfeiffer's yeah. in that range. You can... Whatever. They, they're going to put him with whoever. Yeah. Well, he likes Tululin versus Jordan Wright. Asun oh. versus Basharat. I think they actually train together now. And this is not a doo-doo pick, by the way, because Asun The story, from what I understand, is Asun basically just got in his car and drove to Extreme Couture. Is like, okay, I want to come train with you. And they're like, all right, come on in. And then he goes on and beats Victor Henry. But I know Basharat... Is also at Extreme Couture, so I don't know if that fight can happen. Not a doo-doo pick at all because this is a new development. So uh, so I don't know if that fight's possible, but if they if they if it was, I'd watch the crap out of that fight. Uh, Victor Henry versus Mario Batista. Don't dislike that at all. Metafield, Tyson Pedro, Circadoff, Kuchalaba, Mana Martinez versus Daniel Santos, Malcoon versus Anders. Anders is booked. December 3rd. So, I mean, it's not the wrong possibility. Maximoff versus Duran Wynn. Duran Wynn also booked. Bruno versus Onama. Taira versus Tyson Nam. All right. I love it. What? Yes. This isn't, just, this isn't just you putting this out to the universe? I love it. 
This is the first time I'm looking at these, but this is spectacular. Well done. We're on the same page on a lot of these. John Ray, by the time you read this, maybe the Mariners game is over. So before I get too drunk, here are my picks. Tyra versus Sumaderji. Brito versus Dawadu. I actually like that idea a lot, but I'm concerned about Dawadu in his future at 145 pounds after a bad weight miss for the Julian Rosa fight. But if you can get that together, I'd love to watch that fight. Balcoon versus Soriano. Mena Martinez versus Denat Batsgari. Metafield versus Jimmy Crutes. I actually don't mind that. That's that's one you could do on that card as well. When when he's healthy. When he's he if he's healthy, that's that's a good way to go. Yeah, that's one you could do on that Perth card. A Sunsell versus Dominic Cruz. Todorovic versus Mark Andre Barrio. Look at this. We're I mean, two things in. We're we're just flowing here. Uh, John Trevor with so many people. Araujo versus Casey O'Neill. Which could if timelines at this point could it that could actually sure. line up. Sure. Grasso versus Tyler Santos. Not a bad idea. One I don't really particularly love is Jonathan Martinez versus John Castaneda because Jonathan Martinez is coming off the best performance of his career against Cub Swanson, and John Castaneda just got finished in his last fight. So don't know if we get that one. That's the one pick that I I, I kind of shrug my shoulders at, but thank you for your submissions. Let's go to Toby. Toby's picks. Grasso versus Santos. Araujo versus Macy Barber, AK. What do you think about that? If she what, resigns. If she resigns. What was what was Macy's last fight? Jessica I. This is Araujo versus Macy Barber? Araujo versus Macy Barber. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you're right. If she resigns, it makes a lot of sense. I'm just looking at like the, some of the shared opponents they've had. Both lost to Grasso. Both, oh, Araujo lost to I. Macy Barber beat I. Yes, I approve of this matchup. Okay. What about Jonathan Martinez versus Rob Font? Wow, that's a big jump up. Um, I like I said, I want to see Jonathan Martinez gonna jump up, but I'm also, I I mean, Rob Font is a top ten bantamweight. Martinez certainly has that potential. Is it time for TSB TV to? <laughs> I, I'm just trying to get it. I'm just trying to get it going. <laughs> to, so good. To get, we'll see. I just listen. I'll put it up. Hashtag TSB TV. Uh, is it time for independent? I, I think that's too soon. But I, I could see it being made. Rob Font's on development of a losing streak. Martinez's win streak. Maybe the matchmakers would view it that way. But mm, I'm not not the biggest fan. Yeah, I don't love that one either. I don't think he's there just yet. Like, if you did Adrian Yada's Rob Font, I still think that's a little too soon. But, I mean, come on. The boxing displayed by both of those gentlemen would be amazing. But, again, it all depends. If Jonathan Martinez want to wait six, seven, eight months to fight again, that's the issue because that's... The earliest Rob Font is going to fight is March, by all indications. But even that might be a little too soon. Swanson versus Faber. I think that's going to be a popular one. Dusko versus SD Dumas. I like that fight. Dumas coming off the Contender Series. Asuncel versus Yaya. Uh, Henry versus Kyung Ho Kang. Another Menafield Pedro. Another Martinez back. Uh, Dana Bakari. Davis versus Farid Basharat. The younger one. I actually don't mind that one for Brandon Davis. Malkoon versus Fluffy. Maximoff versus Tululian. Brito versus Barboza in Rio. That's actually... But Barboza had surgery, so I don't know how long he's going to be out for. Yeah, again, as well as it's unclear. It's a tough guy to match make for right now. Uh, Alexander versus Sean Woodson. Nah, it's way too soon. That poor Alexander. Good God. You have to fight Joinus and Brito, and then you have to fight 
a welterweight at featherweight? No, I don't yeah, think wait, so. What did he do? What did he do to deserve this? Jeez Louise. That's a murderer's <laughs> row. Rodriguez versus Fortino. Don't mind that one. Just Fortino's a just a huge mystery right now. Hughes versus Monsterat Conejo Ruiz. Tyra versus Bulldog Silva. Vergara versus Simon Oliveira at 135. Rodriguez versus Leonese. Uh, how close was the Martinez Davis fight? I did not see a minute of it. It was split decision. It, it was, was. It, yeah, it was a close so fight. Like, legit, like a legit split. Yeah, Mana could have. Mana just couldn't let loose, and when he did let loose, he hurt Brandon. But once they're out, like I, I, it was close. It all came down to like the first, maybe the second round, because Davis was winning most of that round, but Martinez dropped him like at the end of the second round. And to be fair, Davis was probably saved by the bell. And that fight could have been stopped had there been like thirty more seconds left in the round. But it was it was way more competitive than I thought it was going to be. Uh, Brandon Davis has had one of the stranger UFC careers, I would say. Yeah. Um, very tough competition. Uh, the, my, see, my thing was when, when you mentioned his name, I was like, first of all, I was just like, I took me a second to register every time with Brandon Davis because I, again, I didn't see last night's card, so I was like, who's? And, um, he's zero two in his second fight. Uh, sorry, his second round. Excuse me, with the UFC. That's why I asked how close the fight was. I do wonder if they'll want to give him another chance. He's the kind of guy he's very willing to jump in on short notice, which they like. But, like I said, 0-2 uh, second run. Overall UFC record, 2-7 and seven across two runs with the promotion. Now, look at some of these losses, though. Enrique Barzola is tough. Zabit, he, one of the men who fought Zabit. Uh, so no shame in losing there. Kyung Ho Kang, tough veteran, split decision. Kiki Chikadze, split decision. Um and that's what led to his first release. And he goes 4-0 on the regional scene before I'm um, coming back to the UFC. So, yeah, it's weird. It's it, He's the kind of guy, I think his record doesn't reflect, like, how good he is. He's 14-10 and 10 as a pro overall. Um, and I get it. Listen, at some point you have to win fights. You know, we can talk about a guy's grit and his competitiveness all day long. Um, everyone who steps in that cage, you know, deserves respect. But uh, I do wonder if, if, if that split decision loss um, is going to cost him in this run. But if they give him another opportunity, that's fine. People, uh, you know, throwing out matchups for him. But wow, that's some tough. Randy Costa, that's some tough, tough opponent. Danab Dana Macri, his first fight back with uh, with motion. Anyway, okay, sorry. A little Brandon Davis uh, tangent. Gerard, Grasso versus Lauren Murphy. Fierro will likely get a title shot with the win. Arouge, another Arouge, or Macy Barber. Jonathan Martinez versus Kyler Phillips can be on short notice as Matrix needs an opponent. Swanson versus Faber for the WEC Emeritus Belt. Todorovic yeah. versus Bruno Silva. Asunsa versus the Saeed Nurmagomedov, Saeed Hakramanov winner. Menafield versus Mirzakhanov. What? what Am I confused? No, okay. What, what happened, Mike? I, I thought Mirzakhanov, for a second, my brain's a mush right now. Did you, were you thinking Mozarov? Yes, I was. <laughs> I was for a second. What an idiot. I was like, I had to look at it a couple of times. So, yeah, that's a fine fight. Uh, yeah, I like that fight. Not, yeah, that one. Mana Martinez versus Tony Gravely. Run it back with Mozarov. Run it back. Bring him back. Yeah, why not? Malcoon versus the Nickel Pickett winner on December 10th. I actually don't mind that one at all. I think that's. Is Jacob, is Jacob Malcoon good? I think so. I think so. I. I picked him from a bet. I was on no bets barred before UFC 275, and I picked Malcoon to beat Brendan Allen. And he almost did. He almost did. He could be a future uh, middleweighty middleweight champion. I think so. 
I think he's so. He's coming for that number 15, number 16. I'm sorry. He's coming for that number 16 spot. He is. He could be that spot right he's, now. He could be that guy oh, right whoa, now. Whoa, settle down. So, hold on. This is a, whoa, if wait, he wait, beat wait. Brendan Allen, he would have got the Jocko fight. And well, then he true. could be yeah, the dude. This is true. If he had beaten Brendan Allen, he would have fought. Oh, wow. That was that Who was knew how big the stakes actually were for that fight? <laughs> we didn't know. We didn't know. <laughs> Uh, what is he now? The hold on, Malcoo. He's like three and two, three and one. What is yeah. he now? Three and three two, because he fought Phil Haas on like a day's notice and yeah. got destroyed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can't give him too much crap for that. So three, so uh, three out of his last four. That's the best way to look. He's won three out of his last four. Is he? Yeah, he might actually be good. Okay. He's he's pretty good. He's no. I've I've already graduated. He's I graduated him after the Brendan Allen fight. He's no longer Robert Whitaker's teammate. He has yes. a name, and his name is Jacob Malcoo. Oh wow. Pete Rodriguez, this is the first Pete Rodriguez suggestion, uh, versus Blood Diamond. I actually like this idea as well. This actually uh, might be the correct fight. That's perfect. I have, what a weird little cluster of names at, uh, wait, sorry, Blood Diamond. This is what, uh, what middleweight? What is this? Welterweight. Welterweight. Wait, Pete Rodriguez fought at Welterweight? He sure did. Is Blood Diamond not a middleweight? No, he's a Welterweight. No. He fought not. Jeremiah Wells. He fought Jeremiah Wells. Did he debut at middleweight? No. Oh, this is welterweight. No, this is welterweight. Yeah, okay, welterweight. I'm sorry. I was, okay, I see. I have not I'm at the very bottom of my welterweight rankings. <laughs> I was like, where's Blood Diamond? Like, I guess I was looking at 185. And look, he's not there. He's a welterweight. Uh, yes, that is the right way to go. Yeah, I have, I have Blood Diamond at 72 out of 72. Pete Rodriguez, five spots ahead of 67. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dead heat down there. And I love this pick. I actually love this pick for Joannis and Brito that, that I'm seeing. Joannis and Brito versus Charles Jordan. Yeah. Again, this is, like I said, Brito is the kind of guy who I think is really going to bring out the best in his opponents. Win or lose. Win or lose. It's either Brito is going to like put on a highlight reel, uh, get a highlight reel uh, finish or something, or he's going to, I think he's going to get caught by some of the really talented guys at, at 145. So, yes, throw him in there with some of the more technical guys. And bring out, I want to see him bring out the beast in some of these single guys, and uh, and really get some exciting fights going. So, uh, Brito, he's like the he's like the Andre Fialio, I feel like of of one forty five. Let's go to Marcus Grasso, Murphy, Martinez, Yanez, Menafield, Kuchalaba, Todorovic, Pfeiffer, Brito, Ige, Taira, David Dvorak, Harry Dewaskin, Cub Swanson versus Steven Peterson. I assume he wants Cub to move back up. Uh, Tyra versus Tyson Nam. There we go. Add it to the list, baby. This is really a thing. It's a thing. Let's go. Really a... <laughs> let's uh, let's get that hashtag going. Uh, we'll go Ty- Ty- Tyra Tyson. I guess would be the punchiest way to do it. Tyra or Tyra, Tyra with T Y. You're hurting my head right now, Mike. Tyson. Okay, Mike, it's too early. You're hurting my head right now. Pete Rodriguez versus Cedric Doombay. If he's still signed. That might actually be better than Blood Diamond. Wait a minute. Isn't Cedric Doombay, I know he's a kickboxer. Uh, isn't he actually like a really – doesn't he have a super high MMA ceiling? Like no, – I, I, no, I don't know. How, he's, not a super, he's not a young guy, right? He's like – he's a very experienced – he's one of those guys who people keep telling me his skills will translate like beautifully into MMA. Yeah, it's it's more per, it's it's more okay. Alex Pereira right. and less Blood Diamond. Right, right. He's yes. He's fought a couple of times. That's right. Okay. Yes. I knew he had already fought in MMA. Um, okay. But you know what? Right. Fine. Experience wise, I get it. He's only had a couple of fights. I don't know. I'm just wondering, is that like just setting up Pete Rodriguez for like a, a head kicking or something? But, you know, people know better than I do, I guess. 
Mana, Daniel Santos, Menafield versus Tyson Pedro, because at some point they're going to have to stop giving Pedro bums. Malkoon versus Jotko is kind of interesting as Malkoon is somehow getting close to being a top five middleweight. Let's go. Uh, top, top, 25, top, 20, well, 25, top 25, 25, 25, 25 middleweight. We're, talking about, we're not talking about the middleweight champion. We're talking about the middleweighty middleweight champion here. People don't get confused. But there you go. That, that answers my question, I guess. People uh, people know he's good. Asuncao versus Douglas De Silva de Andrade. Uh, there's two that I really like here. Joyce and Brito versus Nate Landwehr is ridiculous. I mean, that's just chaos. Pure chaos. And I actually like that fight because the one... I think Jonas and Brito is great. I think he has a super high ceiling. But the biggest question I have about him, Nate Landwehr would be able to answer. Because what's what happens if he gets out of the first round? What happens if the fight gets extended? Nate ain't... It, if you get Nate out of there, it's super impressive. But... If you can beat Nate in a fight that goes past the second round, like that's pretty cool too, because Nate just doesn't go away. He's a freak. So I like that matchup. How do we get Nate Landwehr fighting five times a year? Is it medically possible to make this happen? Do you ever see Multiplicity with Michael Keaton? <laughs> I did. With Michael Keaton yeah. and Andy McDowell. There you go. Five <laughs> Nate Landwehrs. Let's do it. <laughs> at least two. Can we at least do two? <laughs> He's just so exciting, and I just you know he would, you know he would if he could. But again, his style is so brutal. It's like also you also watch a Nate Landwehr fight, and you also go like, this guy should not fight more than one time a year. Like it's I'm torn. I'm torn as a as an MMA fan and as a decent human being between thinking this guy should fight one time a year, should get paid one million dollar, two million dollars to fight one time a year, and just do what he does, and uh, and and also again just wanting to see him fight as much as possible. So. I feel like him and Brito have to fight someday. It would be very disappointing if they didn't. And we will close off my my picks with Harry DeWaskins leading the charge. This might be the pick of the entire card. This might be the pick of the year, AK. Jordan Wright versus Spike Carlisle in an open weight Ryzen fight. <laughs> <laughs> I just Ryzen. love that so much. Ryzen, make this happen. Uh, again, we don't. I, we just talked about the Nate Land where there, there being no. If, if there was a world without laws, the kind of things we would see, uh, Spark, Spike Carlisle and Jordan Wright would certainly be one of those matchups. And yes, it would have to happen in Japan. Yes. AK, you're up. Stomps. You would stomps. stomps. Oh, yeah, you got to do stomps in that one. Uh, again, I, so I'm just going to run through. I see a lot of as a lot of repeats just from what I glanced over. Tristan Gordet, our pal, uh, regular listener, regular contributor. Grasso Murphy. I think this is just a really super logical matchup. Um, Tyra, Victor, Altamirano, Pete Rodriguez, Blood Diamond, Brito, Josh, Kulabao. Our pal Casey Carpenter. Great programming, as always, by all of you. Uh, complimenting my BTL performance. Thank you, Casey. I, I'm, just, I'm just doing what I can before Jed's inevitable return. Uh, I think if you get a matchup with uh, GC, the great um, – wow, I'm forgetting names all of a sudden. The great uh, Connor Burke. Connor Burke? Burks. Connor Burks. There you go. Yep. We work together. We work you got together. it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> the great Connor Burke. I swear I'm not big-timing Connor. I literally just had a brain fart there and just forgot his name. Uh, I always think of him as Will Arnett. We always say uh, he sounds exactly like a great Canadian actor, Will Arnett, and I'm so jealous. I wish I, wish I had Connor's voice. Uh, I if I if I beat him, it would force Jed out of retirement. Uh, like next, sort of like next week when Dobronx wins Saturday and forces could be back. Thank you, Casey. That's right. That is what's going to happen. Yes, there will be <laughs> symmetry there. 
Tatsuro, Tyra, Ode, Osborne, uh, Malkun, uh, Soriano. There's another one. Again, Menafield versus Crute. Yeah, again, we like that if if Crute's uh, if Crute comes back from his um his his last injury healthy. Uh, two women in the main event. I'll have to wait till next week to book them. But again, Fierro versus Arujo. If Fierro loses, and honestly, if that happens, give Grasso the title fight. Um, because if uh Fierro wins, then do Grasso versus Jukagian. Okay, sorry, I got I, I read that badly. I'm sorry, in case that made sense, I read that badly. That's on me. Uh, go to Instagram real quick here. Let's see, what we got first timer. Brody Bulger. Brody Bulger wants to say, hey guys, love Otno. Thought I would finally make some picks. Hopefully no doo-doo. All right, Mike, we gotta we gotta we gotta uh, read this one quickly. Okay. Jonathan Martinez versus Hani Barcelos. Okay. Dusko Todorovic versus Power Bar. There we go. Uh Hafal Asensal versus Ronnie Yaya. I know he's injured, but when he comes back, make the fight. Brody's really minding his P's and Q's. He does not want to step in doo-doo. I love it. Menafield versus Yuan Kutalaba. Malkun versus uh Chris Weidman comeback fight. Oh, wow, yes. that's actually really good. Grappler. Like grappler, get some grapple. Yeah, give Chris a, a grappler. That'd be interesting. Oh, Mike, how do you like Mana Martinez versus uh, Raul Rosas Jr.? Hmm. Hmm. Mince. I I actually would prefer like I'd actually rather do Brandon Davis if we're being honest. Okay. Because I want, and that even that's a really tough fight. It so, is. Yes. Like I said, Brandon has a lot. I actually, I'll admit, I have not watched Roll. I watched his contender series fight. Other than that, I've not watched Roll as closely as as others. Brandon Davis would be a really, really tough. Like I said, we talked about his record: fourteen and ten, two and seven in the UFC. But again, he's lost to some really. He's been in there with Zabit. He's been, you know, he's been there with some really good names. It's the right. I think it's a good test. But man, I. I don't know if Brandon Davis like couldn't upset him, but maybe I haven't been watching Raul enough. I think Raul would probably finish Brandon Davis, oh. but just because he's so opportunistic on the ground, and that's not really Brandon's strong suit. Brandon is more of a sort of Jeremy Stevens type fighter, where it's just let's just go, baby, let's just throw those hands. And Raul's happy to do that, but eventually Raul's going to get him to the ground. And he's going to make things very uncomfortable for him. So. I mean, if they do it, fine, but I think that might be just uh, that's a little too much for me. Yeah, right off the bat for him. There's there's no Aaron Pico, Zach Freeman potential there, right? Necessarily. Uh, yeah, I don't don't love it, man. I, was, man is good, man. Like man has got a really really good upside. I just don't know. If, I don't know if that's too much too soon for for Roses. It's. It, I mean, we're gonna be talking about Rule Roses Jr. a lot. I think over the next twelve months, he's gonna be a very tricky kid to book because he's seventeen years old. Yeah. He's 17. I know he has pro experience. I get it. So he's not. It's, it won't be. It's not like his pro debut or anything. He's he has fights under his belt. But 17 years old. Like I don't even know. Uh, people know me on all our shows. I'm always talking about anyone under 25. Like how much variance there could be. I say this about Aaron Blanchfield. I say this about Makayev. Um, but God, they're just getting younger and younger. Maybe I need to start warming up to the fact that like we we are able to gauge how good these kids are at a young age. I still don't think so. But maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people are just smarter than me. Uh, Brito versus Landwehr, Piero Rodriguez, Ariani Carnalosi, Tetsuro, Tyra, Ode Osborne, Pete Rodriguez, Johan Linus. Also, Grasso versus Chikagin. Caitlin loses next week. But if Caitlin wins, Grasso versus Shevchenko and uh, Arujo versus Macy Barber. Very popular pick, Arujo and Barber. Love the show. Have a good day. Thank you, Brody Bolger. Uh, let's see what else from Instagram. Brandon Haley likes uh, T, uh, TB, TSBTV. Versus Song Yadong. 
Wow, I I like. I don't know. Yeah. No, I so, like it. No, you think so? I don't know. May, again, maybe I'm not giving Jonathan Martinez. Uh, it's weird. I I have to shake off the Martinez the troubles he had with making bantam weight. Again, it's they were very real, but it has not been an issue for his last few fights. So I should probably stop stop shaking that off and stop like penalizing him in my mind for. For some of those weight misses yeah i mean I, I i get i would i get the trepidation because you got two dudes on the rise one's gonna take a pretty good like if song yang loses that's a big step back he has to take but again he's really young so i don't know you can make arguments for all of them but i would i would not be opposed to that at all all right okay you're more understanding i like that one more way. i like that one more than rough on i'll say that uh, from James Sherwood, Alexa Grasso, Tyler Santos, <clears throat> Jonathan Martinez, Pedro Munoz, Dusko. I thought about this one as well. Uh, Dusko versus your boy, not Eric Anders, your boy, your boy, Mike uh, Hex boy, Roman Kopolov. Um, Ooh, there you go. Asad <laughs> Sambashra and another Menafield Pedro. So there we go. And I'll run to Twitter real quick here. Clearest values wants to see Mike Jackson versus Hasbullah. Regardless, he said this before the before actually the fight apparently. Um, this Hasbulla thing, Mike. I, I I admit, guys, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty like not down with the the this the Hasbulla meme viral. I don't know. I, I get it. I get the appeal. Um, I just haven't kept up with it. So, I know supposedly he signed some sort of deal with the UFC. I think some people are thinking he's he's actually like. I assume it's a very small percentage of fans who think he's actually going to fight. Like you know, just a few random dummies. Like probably one one out of every ten MMA fans thinks like they signed him to fight, right? <laughs> I honestly think canker sores are more interesting than the story because these canker sores, even though they're painful, you still feel like you need to play with it a little bit. I want nothing to do with this whole thing. I hate it. Like I, I, I I honestly could not care any less. Like I understand that there's some people who think it's like humorous or whatever, and they Mm -hmm. think it's cool. And look, Hezbollah smashing a burger in Volkanovsky's face. Did it make me laugh? You're damn right it did. I'm a Funny. human being. I'm a human being after all. But I could, I just don't care. I just don't care. If he wants to sit cage side at UFC 280 and watch Islam Makachev fight Charles Oliveira, awesome. But I, if this dude, if they book him in a UFC fight, I, I don't know, man. I'm going to lose my damn mind if that actually happens. No, no, no. That, that is, it's not going to, but That's still. not going to happen. They'll do some sort of maybe some metaverse thing. Maybe, maybe um, some metaverse. Maybe it's going to tie maybe. into that. You know, the metaverse stuff they've been doing. Something like kind of cool. Like, I don't know, weird weird fantasy matchup or something. Maybe just use him in ads. Like that. But I don't know. I, but I'm with you. It, it does. I'm always weird about like this, these internet celebrities that pop up and, and um, in his case, maybe get exploited. I don't know. He's only... Um, He's 18 years old or something, right? Or, or 20, 20, I think. 20 something like old. that, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a young guy. Like, I know he's not, obviously, as young as he looks. That's sort of the whole, you know, I, I guess uh, uh, what got people's attention is, um, uh, you know, he has this condition that he looks, he looks, he's small. He looks like, like a child. But I believe he, even then, he's only 20 years old. And I, and I hope, um, look, he's making a lot of money. He's very popular. Good for him. I hope he's not being exploited. Um, but then again, this is uh, the fight business. This is sports entertainment, and um, that's sort of what we do in this business, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, very weird thing. I thought I just mentioned Clear's values shouting out uh, Hasbulla. Uh, Chris at Dragon Slayer. Hey Alex, he always sends in one pick. Uh, Chris says uh, uh, Alonzo Menafield, Tyson Pager. There you go, another vote for that. Nice. Um, I, this person does not have a name. They always their 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 name is an emoji. <laughs> at someone's online. Okay, it's the, it's the yawning emoji. Uh, anything interesting here? Jonathan Martinez, Casey Kenny. 
I mentioned that on the post-fight show. Okay. I'm fine with that as well. Was was he like was he one of the top three stars of this card? I got he was in the co-main event, so that's not that's Jonathan. Not surprising, but so I'd say was he did he arguably make a bigger uh, yeah the most out of this card than anyone else? Hundred percent. He's oh, the wow. star. He if there if this is like the NHL and they were doing three stars, Jonathan Martinez is number He's one. He's number one. One yeah. like without hesitation. Because like we said, Grasso, I think so much of it depends on what happens with. So many other again next week's matchup and also with the plans of other fighters, the plans of the champion herself. When can Tala Santos come back? All these things. It, it feels like no matter what she did, unless she scored like a thirty-second head kick knockout or something, it wasn't going to change her stock that much. And again, she even said as much after the show, "I need another fight." So great win for her. Kind of kept her in neutral. But now I'm seeing Jonathan Martinez everywhere. So good for him. He, and that's a great name to have in your resume to get Cub Swanson on there. So wow, could not have gone better. Marcus McKay, he calls this the Dragon Grass edition. I think that's a that's a what is that? Is that a thing? What's Dragon Grass? This isn't like a. I don't know, but I like think a, I mean at the end of the day, he's paying homage to Jonathan Martinez's old nickname. Oh, this is true. We don't, even acknowledge this. we don't even acknowledge TSB, this. TSB TV, TSB TV, <laughs> the sound, the sounds behind the violence. Um, that's a great name. Did you actually make that up? Yes, I've been calling him that for I've been calling him that for like three this, years. Yeah, he I, doesn't use this. Every time I interview him, I call him the silence behind the violence. It's like, it's the perfect nickname for him. We should have given that to Luke, but it's too late. Now, Luke, the boat, the ship has sailed. It's too oh, late. Oh, God. Luke has said 400 million times more words than Jonathan Martinez okay, has. Okay. He's Conor McGregor compared to Jonathan Martinez. Oh, yeah. He's Roddy Piper. <laughs> He's Roddy Piper. Um, that's a great, that's a great nickname. You should, oh gosh, how, you know, I'm against media generated nicknames a lot of the time. You know me, I'm not like, I'm like, I always say when people say Bobby Knuckles, I just go like, oh, you mean the Reaper? But the silence behind the violence is so much better than Dragon. It's, it's way better. Like, it's it's so much more marketable and it fits. I think he'd be more comfortable with it because he's just, he's not Dragon. You're not just, if someone else has, when we say Dragon, we think Leona Machida. It's a taken nickname. It's just, there's just no upside to keeping Dragon. And I blame um, the UFC for this. I, I blame the UFC production team for, for a moment because, look, I am over I am over the tweets being on the broadcast. Like, I'm so over yeah. that. I, I'm so, because it changed. It, you, could, you could tell whose personalities on social media it changes because they just, oh, they my gosh. because their personality is like, Everything that they've ever believed about MMA goes away for those six hours because their tweets need to be on the broadcast. Yeah, but my silence behind the violence tweet not making the broadcast oh. was a gigantic disservice oh. to Jonathan Martinez. And I, I would have said that if Jonathan Martinez was fighting at LFA 105, and I would have said the exact same thing. Yeah. So nothing, no personality change for this guy. But not putting that tweet on the broadcast is horrendous. That you just lost a major opportunity for this young man. You're trying to help people. That's what you're I'm trying, trying to you're do. You're trying to go viral. You're trying to help Jonathan Martinez go viral. Yeah, I'm trying to just be a little quirky. I don't care about being on the broadcast, but that one in particular, as soon as like Brent, like Brennan Fitz, come on, resign with the UFC. He's but Bre Brennan Fitz would have put that thing over in a major way. He would been like, "That's a great nickname." Too. Could you talk next time you talk to your boy Anik? Can you? I'm trying. If, if I'm Jonathan trying. Martinez, if, <laughs> when Jonathan Martinez makes his pay-per-view debut, that's the time. That's it. I think your boy, I think your boy Anik would totally. I think he. I, I don't know if you mentioned it. So I'm sure he would love. He would love that more than uh, Dragon. Yep, I'm gonna say that to him. Um, but yeah, I like just, you know, people like changing their sort of how they tweet just to get a. As I've done it. I, I, I've been a shit. Like I said, like Gregory Rodriguez is a beast. Like all caps. <laughs> just to, like just to get a. 
And like I see it go up there, like I can't remember. There's no way this fight isn't awesome. Oh, this fight's a banger. <laughs> Hashtag whatever the show is. And then you see it go up there, and I look at it, I just feel empty now. Like I see if I see it go up, I'm like, I feel ashamed. Why did I do that? Yeah, I do like... so I, I don't do it as much, but I'd certainly I've I've done it before. I'm not judging any of our fellow media members who do it. I'm it's judging a little bit. A little bit. It's hilarious. <laughs> and we know what you're doing, and I don't judge you for it. It's just funny. Uh, anyway, Marcus McGahey, uh, so it's Dragon Grass edition. I was going to read what Dragon Grass is. It's just a real boring thing. Uh, he also likes Martinez, Kenny. What else got? Menafield versus Mazakanov. There you go. So uh, he, he also um, did not make that mistake. And again, oh, wow. Pete Rodriguez, Blood Diamond, or or Cedric Doomday. What the freak? Okay, great. All right. I'm, I'm the one who, I guess, doesn't think that was right. Uh, Four Corner Sports. Arujo versus Casey O'Neill, yes, if she's healthy for sure. Uh, another Martinez, Casey Kenny, Pete Rodriguez, Mike Malott. Oh, how do you think of this for Cub Swanson? Pete Rodriguez versus Mike Malott. No, uh, you can't do that. No, I think Mike Malott would. Mike's real good. I'm actually, I'm, I, I'm wondering when he's getting back in there because he impressed the crap out of me. Canada, uh, Cub Swanson versus Montel Jackson, Julio Arce, loser. Are they fighting? I, I don't know. <laughs> they're fighting wow i have to look this up how did i not know about this I, I, i'm checking topology right now uh ufc 281 damn so thank you uh, four corner sports for reminding us slash breaking it to us that that fight is what <laughs> i had no idea that was there's happening. a lot of fights guys there's a lot of fights okay we don't memorize every fight but uh, thank you for so four corner sports hat tip good 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 pick there then holy smokes our man in Italy, while while Mike recovers from <laughs> breaking news, uh, our man in Italy, uh, Francesco Grasso, just go get that title. Sure, Martinez, Yanez, yes, Todorovic versus Al Hassan. Thank you. You are, I, I have kind of, I have a lot of friends forever moments with friend with uh, Francesco. Uh, Brito versus Sean Woodson. Uh, okay, I don't mind that. Hayes with third. Hayes, thank you. You always write a lot. I wish I could read everything. Uh, what do you like? Todorovic, I said Joe Pfeiffer for the winner of this fight before. I'll stick with it. No need to push Pfeiffer too quickly. I agree. Asun Sao, I was pleasantly surprised here for sure. Good fight to go out on, but I guess he keeps fighting. Let's let him, let's let him get a sort of money fight or at least a fight that'll get him some press, retire, and would, would likely be a fun fight. I'll go with O'Malley if he loses to Jan, which I expect him to. Kuz would be a good pick as well, of course. Um, what do you think about that? A, a bounce-back fight for... O'Malley, uh, uh, Mike. Let's say let's say O'Malley fights Piotr Jan and either gets finished in the first or second round or loses a lopsided decision. Do you think Hafalas um, and Sal and Sugar Sean is like a good would be a good bounce back? Maybe. <laughs> I, I was I was leaning yes, and then I'm just like I keep veering back to Cheeto Vera. Like I feel like if if O'Malley loses, he's got to fight. He's got to fight Cheeto. If Cheeto doesn't get the title shot, you have to do that fight. I feel like. Okay. I feel like that just makes too much sense at Bad this blood. point. Bad blood. You yeah. Do it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You know what? Henry Cejudo, why don't you fight Rafael Sanso? Oh my gosh! Why did you bring him up? I'm just gonna say it. Like I, if, I don't care. Like if Henry Cejudo fights Rafael Sanso and beats him, give him a title shot. I'm fine with that. Go fight Rafael Sanso. It's not even a top five guy. I'm doing you so many favors right now, dude. You, just get in you, there and fight. I just really want him to, to fight so bad. Like really I want him to, to fight. You're really trying to meet Henry halfway here. I really am. Go fight Rafael Sanso. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine with that. 
Uh, Hayes with third. Uh, so again, you said uh, Maxwell unfortunately was dealing with an injury. Uh, so could they have stopped the fight? Hayes with third's wondering why, why did his corner not not stop that for for uh, Maximov? Yeah. So that we talked we talked about this on the post fight show a little okay. bit. So you didn't get to watch it, but basically what happened was Maximov cracked Malkoon early, and it looked like Malkoon was like on kind of on wobbly legs a little bit. But you could see as the round went on that every time that Maximoff moved, he was grimacing. You could tell something was bothering him. Mm. So he goes and sits in the corner, and he tells his team that his knee popped out. Like oh, his knee... clear, clear as day on the broadcast. Here yeah, today. because oh, my knee's effed up. I pop, like, my, my knee's popped. And they're like, okay, dude, best of luck of the second round. And here's the thing. I understood why there's conversations about this, but at the same token, it's the cliche answer, but it's absolutely true. These guys know Nick Maximoff way better than any, any of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at the same token, they probably know Jacob Malkoon at that moment better than anybody else because they've watched tape. They've watched all of his fights. They didn't see any threat of leg kicks or anything like that. And if you watch the post-fight interview, Paul Felder was like, because even during the fight, Paul's like, yeah, he hasn't thrown, he's thrown like one leg kick. He's not throwing any leg kicks. He goes, if I was him, I'd be smashing his leg right now. Like literally said those words. So he, and Felder asked him about it and he goes, what people don't realize is it wasn't his front leg that was bothering him. It was the back leg. And I've seen guys try to kick him in the back leg. And it, I got cracked with the left hook in that first round. So I didn't want to leave myself open for something crazy. So that's why he didn't target the leg, which is very smart. And maybe his team realized like, you know what? Winging a prayer, he's not going to kick his leg. I think we're good. And in the end, he Maximoff lost, but it's not like it didn't. I don't think the injury got any worse. Like it wasn't bad. It wasn't like he was fighting Jonathan Martinez, like a middleweighty Jonathan Martinez, who's just going to bomb that leg over and over again. He fought Jacob Malkoon, who's just going to box and wrestle. And I didn't have a I didn't have a humongous issue with it. And. The referee let him back out and the doctor let him back out. So you question it a little bit for these guys, but Nick probably wanted to go. So yeah, I'm okay with it. We just saw Pico try and pop his own shoulder back into a fight. That was these wild. Guys don't, these guys this is don't. not that. I can tell you that right now. These guys, if I'm conscious, I want to keep fighting. <laughs> right. I don't care. Yeah. If, if, I, if my arms, if my, like, if I can stand up, if I'm conscious, I want these guys are nuts. But uh, I like that Malcoon saying that breaking it down like that. What a, what a middleweighty middleweight he is. I'm, I'm becoming a fan now. Um, uh, anyway, so Hayes Bethard says, uh, uh, surprise at him rattling off wins. Uh, go with the uh, Boralio Moradov loser. Yeah, that's a very middleweighty matchup. I like it. And uh, for Tyra, I'm down for Tyra versus Makayev being the hipster version of Hamza versus Shavkat. But that'll happen later on. I'll go with Tyson Nam for Tetsuo Tyra. Yeah! Welcome aboard, baby. True, true. Like, like I hadn't even thought of that. That might be like the most popular pick of the week. I, I love it. And apparently. Pete Rodriguez in Doombay. Uh, just a few more here. Uh, uh, Brandon O'Neill, Tyra versus. Are you? Have you? Did you tweet? Tyra did we do it again? Do we have another one? Did you tweet it? No, I didn't. <laughs> did you put this out there? And I was just following. What the hell is going? I've never. I don't I've ever seen a pick this properly before. We got to talk to Tyson and just say Tyson. We've trained. We've we've, we've trained. We've trained our listeners very well. This is. I mean, this <laughs> so is brilliant. Good. Brilliant job. All right. Uh, so thank you, Brayden, for that one. Also, Todorovic versus Gore, Fremd winner. Okay. Uh, Menafield versus Ulberg. Uh, Nuggle Mariana winner. I actually really like that. I just need to know when that fight's happening because if it's too far off. Did you know? I, I feel like I bring this up every time. Nico Negomariano is on a, like a four-fight win streak in the UFC. He's won four in a row? 
four in a row. And I would pick him to beat Olberg too. He might be five, out of five. He is five. on a four. Wow. Now he has fought. I mean, it's not like the best competition. He's but... fought Kamer, Villanueva. The OC anymore. And Chichuku was kind of a sketch. Kind of, a, kind of sus. Kind of yeah. sus in the judging. There's two splits. And Poteria yeah. was Poteria was a great win because not a lot of people sure. expected that to happen. They thought Poteria was coming in to just get over fast, and Nikolai is just not that dude. If if he beats if he beats Elberg, yeah, you know what? Meta him and Metafield, that might be the matchup to make. Here's just uh, a spoiler. Here's a spoiler. He's gonna beat Carlos Elberg. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Collins says, uh Alonso Menafield versus Tyson Pedro, another one. Uh Piera versus Loma Lukbunmi. Uh Mike Jackson to bare knuckle boxing. I am that is so where he's what he's gonna do at some point. I don't wanna see that. Go to glory, baby. No. Go to glory. Yeah, okay. Just do some kickboxing. Go kickbox. Yeah, go kickbox. I think Thomas is right, though. I do think uh, BKB is more likely. Uh, Toke, our pal, Toke Gerding Jensen. I have one matchup for this fight card. This has to... Did this come up on the post-fight show? Or I feel like it's maybe has come up on a, another post-fight show. Mike Jackson versus EKC. I like... Yeah. I think we've talked about this before. We had but I will say this. Casey, Casey, would, would Casey put over Mike Jackson in a big way. Yeah, he likes him. On, on the pre-fight show. But, yeah. I mean, it's all, it's, all, it's all respect. It's all respect. It'd be like the the 2022-23 version of DC versus Anderson Silva. Just so much respect. So yeah. much respect going all around. That's what I think of when I think of Mike Jackson versus Casey is Daniel Cormier versus Anderson Silva. Yeah. Casey's yeah. a minus Casey opens as a minus three fifty favorite yes. in that fight. And by MMA math, if Casey were to beat Mike Jackson, he would also have beaten CM Punk. <laughs> Which is not something I would ever I mean, I it was no contest, whatever, but we all know who won that fight. Uh that's not a thought I ever thought I'd be <laughs> thinking here for lower 2023. Uh, last one here, Barry O'Reilly. Barry, thank you always for sending in great picks and uh, a very thoughtful comments. Tetsuro Tyra versus Sumaderji. Oh, whoa. Pump your bricks. Uh, big step up for Tyra. He's looked good so far. Uh, Mudirji also looks very good and even looked good in defeat. Winner makes a big move up in the rankings. You know what? I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it, but I see the logic behind it. Barry, you're not, you're not crazy. Brito versus Jordan. Oh, here we go. I'm glad I, I'm glad this was last. Jacob Malkoon, Bo Nickel. Yeah, I'm, I'm after, fine. I'm, after I'm, pick I'm, it, after pick yeah, it. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Or I mean, listen, like whoever, whoever wins that fight, that, that's fine. That's a tough fight. Like Jacob's a tough fight, even for Bo. I think Bo would win, but just because of that pure athleticism. But Jacob's Jacob's super tough, man. He's just—he's a grinder. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'd be—I'd be fine with that. I think that is like the logical way to go after if if Nickel runs to pick it as expected. That's not bad. Barry Riley, good thinking ahead there. I didn't really thought about that. Um, Dusko Dervish versus Johnny Parsons is a contender series guy. Is that right, Mike? Yes. Contender series last year. Okay, so he's had. Okay. Oh, he was supposed to. Oh, he was supposed to debut this year. Okay, withdrew for some reason. Um, his nickname is apparently the Slugger Knot. That can't be real. Oh, it is. It's an excellent nickname. And he has a mullet? No. Does he have a mullet? Um, his profile picture has a, his 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 uh, topology picture has, has a mullet. I don't know if, how old this picture is though. <laughs> I assume he's no longer rocking the mullet, but if he is, and his nickname is a slug or not, then he can fight whoever he wants. But yeah, Dushko makes a lot of sense. Uh, and Barry, last one. I'll read Alexa Grasso versus Tyler Santos. Shevchenko hopefully going to fight Nunez, Chukigan, and Figueroa. Basically, number one contender fight. And while Grasso looked really good, I still don't want to throw her in with Shevchenko yet so she could take on the person not named Nunez that gave Shevchenko her toughest, 
test yet. Okay, right. Okay, yeah. Thank you for all the great content. Looking forward to the podcast. Well, Barry, you're on the podcast, so thank you. Thank you, everyone else who sent in picks. I apologize if we missed anyone. Um, you guys are absolute monsters. Uh, reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, my DMs are open at Alexander K Lee. My DMs are also open on Instagram at Alexander K K Lee, or email me Alex dot lee at espionation.com but um next week's obviously a different beast i mean you can send in your picks the normal way if you'd like oh yes that's right yeah yeah the plan is if all works out we will go live Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how we're going to do this and you'll understand why probably around the middle of this week so stay tuned for a big announcement I believe Wednesday's MMA hour is when all will be revealed, all will be told. And I can't wait for you all to find out about this. This is very exciting stuff. Very exciting stuff uh, in terms of UFC 280. But the plan will be for AK and I to go live on Sunday after UFC 280. Brand new episode of on to the next one. So very excited about the possibility of that going down. Hopefully the logistics will make it work out. And of course, UFC 280 absolutely friggin' rules is the card of the year on paper. The big one, the main event, lightweight title, Charles Oliveira, Islam Makachev, a new champion will be crowned. Aljamain Sterling, TJ Dillashaw, Bantamweight title fight. No one talking about this one, but it could be the best fight on the entire card. Pierre-Yan, Sean O'Malley, Benil Dariush, Matush Gamrot, Caitlin Jukagan, Manon Fioro. That's your main card. Prelims, Bilal Muhammad, Sean Brady, big one at 170. Mahmoud Muradov, Kyle Baraglio, Vulcan Ozdemir, Nikita Krylov. That's either, that's either like an exciting, crazy fight or the worst fight of the year. It's, uh, I'm, uh, it's, there's no in-between. There's that's that. true. <laughs> we don't know uh, what we're doing. Zubaira Tugagov, Lucas Almeida, Yamato Nishikawa versus Magomed Mustafayev, Abu Nurmagomedov versus Gadzi Omar Gadziev, Arman Petrosian, AJ Dobson, Mohamed Mahayev, the future two-division UFC champion, takes on Canadian Malcolm Gordon. Lena Landsberg versus Carol Hosa. That is your UFC 280 card. What a, what a, what a read. You crushed it. I was looking at some of those names, and I was like, some of these are a little tricky. You crushed it. I, don't, I, I didn't doubt you at all. I mean, I didn't doubt you at all. But I mean, like. we'll go back to those reads, and we'll listen to John Anik at the weigh-ins. Oh, I'm sure. Like, and I'm, I'm sure, sure I'm completely I'm wrong sure, about a bunch. Yeah, we don't, I'm sure we don't nail all these exactly, but I, I think that was a very rest- – I, I think as someone who considers himself – Pretty good at pronunciations, Mike. I think that was very respectable. Thank you very much. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate all of you for listening. We'll be back live, hopefully, next week. And if not, we're not live. We'll be back here anyways. On to the next one, UFC 280. And I can't wait for this entire week. Our man, Jose Youngs, as we record this, on his way to Abu Dhabi. A lot of travel for that man. So safe travels to my man, Jose. And always remember, ladies and gentlemen, don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we're going to have a ton of fun next week after UFC 280 right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.